What's going on, Miss Fitz? Oh my gosh, this episode is hilarious from beginning to end. Our guest, Tim Dillon, is a comedian who is very candid about his former drug addiction, his use of the F word, and being a gay man. And of course, he's a conspiracy theorist. So we talk about all of our theories about how the world is out to get us. You're listening to Social Misfit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Social Misfit with your host, me, Chloe Hilliard. Today, I am joined by a guy who I really don't know that much about, but I know that you're super funny. Well, that's sweet. And you're a great comedian. You just won New York's Funniest. I did. And I blew everyone at Caroline. I do want to be honest and say <laughs> that I I mean, which is more impressive than being the funniest. So you blew everybody. That's how you, you want. have to do something. Uh, New York native. <laughs> yeah. Long Island grew yes. up. Grew Ladies up. and gentlemen, please welcome Tim Dillon. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. T- and Tim trekked all the way from Queens. To my I house love it. In though. Brooklyn. I dig it. Yeah. I like it. I like the I like what I like about you is that um you are not pretentious. No. And you do shit. Like you yeah. know how people say, I'm gonna yeah. do this, but then they don't do it. Like right. I told no. you I want you to do my podcast. Well, I spent a lot I spent a lot of time in crack house. Like I was a drug <laughs> I was a drug <laughs> I was a drug addict for many, many years. So it's very hard to be pretentious after that. Got you it. know? So, so that breaks that breaks your, your white privilege away. Well, I don't know. No, because I should be in jail. Oh, so yeah. you still have those. So it's still like one of those things when everybody goes like a white privilege isn't real. I'm like, let me tell you my life. <laughs> I should be I in jail. So but it does. It does. When you when you were your drug addict, you meet, all you know, you hang out. Like there are people for whatever reason. Yeah. And we know them in comedy. And I feel like they're just they went to Vassar or whatever mm-hmm. they did is fine. Yeah. But it seems like they have friends that are like in that realm of like nyu yeah. and columbia but they like no one else they don't know anybody Got else it. so you so you are a man of the people because you've well, been from the low to well i've just been around all of i've made a lot of mistakes yeah. i've done a lot of bad things you know and you know so i get it i'm in a mountain of debt you are right now i mean i would guess yeah uh, i mean i don't look at my credit report but i don't the last time i looked it wasn't good What's not good? Like range, what's not good for I you? mean, I bought a house and when I was 22, and yeah. I, that foreclosed, uh-huh. so we have that. Yeah. Uh, a few tax liens, probably, mm-hmm. some credit card debt. So, And you're actually doing comedy under your government name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the one job where it's like, well, what are you, gonna, what are you really going to take? You know? <laughs> they could come up with a payment plan. They'd be like, he'll pay us off in 2,219. Like, you know. Yeah. If I, I'll pay it back when I get the money. I'm not like, hey, fuck you guys. I just don't have the money right now. Oh. So <laughs> I am okay. So <laughs> the IRS comes in and arrests me. I know, right? Um, I'm looking at you. Have so okay. So if you don't know, if you don't follow Tim Dello, you are a prolific Facebook status writer. I know. I'm trying to to do something else. I got to write a pilot or something. No, like, you got to take these things and turn it like, into a book. You have- He's like, you have to write something that we can sell. <laughs> and okay. I'm like, but listen, I have a really funny status about a waffle I had. He's like, you need to focus. You are so prolific. And <laughs> so I'm not even, there, there's this one that I was like, yeah, this is when I fell in love with you was okay. the one about the coffee shop, which we're not talking about today. Okay. Cause it's, I didn't the really, one in Bushwick. Yeah, it was from like two, from like two years ago. It's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you, I don't know if you're, I have a Tumblr. Like if you like, oh, if you oh, want to so cut, Tumblr- so if you want to cut through the Facebook. Yeah. 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 
uh, which a lot of my face was pictures of food and stuff. You want to cut through that? No, we got, I guess I'm good. Tim Dylan Talks dot Tumblr dot com, and I put all the rants on there. Okay, so this, so yeah. if you go to Tim Dylan Talks dot Tumblr dot right. com, you'll find search. This. It was a Bushwick Cafe. It was a Bushwick Coffee House. Coffee House, and yeah. the description and this and <laughs> this rant was. Yeah. monumental it was cinematic right it, it had range and depth and oh, characters and color <laughs> uh and and i was reading it and it took me halfway through to be like oh he just made this entire shit up like yeah, yeah. it started from a seed of truth and yeah. it just like you but just, it was a, a lot a lot of it is based in truth like yeah. and that's i think a lot of it is like you 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 we've all been to that particular yes place Okay, so with that, this has to do with coffee. Uh, with that said, uh, Tim Dillon, please read your post. Failed coffee date, number 9482919. Him, I think hate speech is not protected speech. Me, I think you're a faggot. So again, that <laughs> date did not go well. Um, <laughs> I, that date... Some of the coffee. Well, see, I'm a degenerate. See, I'm an alcoholic, so you okay. can't go. To, I can't go to a bar. Yes, I mean I can, but, but I'm not, not going to drink good for your mojo. No, it's well, it's just somebody's getting drunk. I'm there. Yeah, so I got to go for coffee, mm. which is no good. Yeah, because I'm I'm sweating. Yeah, I'm I have anxiety already. Mm-hmm. So if I start drinking coffee, I start sweating. I still talk about conspiracy. I love conspiracy theories. We talked so, about this. So that's always, another reason why we connect. So I start talking about conspiracy. Now, a lot of people don't, like if you bring up a satanic pedophile cult on a date, a lot of people <laughs> will not. A lot, connect. That's, that's right. That yeah. ends it for a lot of people. So I try to be funny on these things and sometimes it's not funny. Because they don't realize that you're being, so th- I'm so, being funny. Okay, so right. with this, with this post about, yeah. so did you really say this to this person? Yes. You really did? I did. This is one of the real ones. This is one of the real ones. This is one. <laughs> Some of them aren't real. This is one of the real so ones. So tell me the backstory. So how did you meet this guy? This was a guy who uh, went to, uh, I think, maybe Columbia Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. Smarter than me. Uh, met on Grinder. Had seen me do a comedy show. Mm-hmm. Thought I was funny. I don't know what show that they saw where they weren't <laughs> prepared. And then we went out. And I think... Um, you know, we, we got into maybe an argument about jokes, about, you know, people getting yeah. too sensitive about jokes. And he goes, well, there's a fine line between comedy and hate speech or whatever. And I'm like, well, somebody's on stage telling jokes. They're probably trying to make you laugh. Yeah. You know? Unless they're an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they could be failing. They're trying to make you laugh. I would imagine. Like, every comedy show I've been to, I always see somebody trying mm-hmm. to make people laugh. And some, well, not all of them. <laughs> well, they, and they pander a little bit. They're not being true to themselves. Pander a little bit fine. They do the easy thing. They do yeah. the easy thing. Yeah. Or even in Bushwick, when they do these like weird things, they're they're trying to make that group laugh. Now that they're, I fault them because they don't want to make the wider group laugh. Yes. But they're usually people. Are try, so I was trying to explain that to the person, and I think we kind of got into back and forth. And then I said, well, you know what? This is going horribly. Maybe I'll just make a joke. Like I say, listen, I think you're a faggot. And I thought it would be funny. It wasn't funny. And the date ended. I think. Five minutes later, and Five I think later. I think he told me to grow up. He's like, "You should grow up," and I'm oh like, "Well, God. I should." But but I mean, I'll go on a lot of these coffee dates that are bad. Like what somebody said uh, once that they remember the Peace Corps, mm-hmm. you know, and they had worked all around the world, and I. I was like, that's good, and then I asked him. I said, "Can you rank the top five sandwiches you've eaten? No ties, go." 
and then automatically they're like, all right, well, this is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so my thing is when you're, you know, when you're coming at these people with these questions, yeah. are you are you saying how can I throw them off of their scripts? Because you know when you go yes. on a date. Yes, that's very good that you said because that's true. Mm-hmm. Because I, I always just want to be like, as a comedian, I'm like, I, I'm also not secure enough to not, and this is a big problem, to not always try to be funny. Yeah. And that's annoying. Mm-hmm. I get that. Like, I get it's annoying. But I, my whole thing is like, well, I'm trying to be funny, and a lot of these people are not fucking <laughs> into it. it. They're serious. I thought everyone wanted like a character or like to joke around, but there's some people are very serious. And I get that. Most people, yeah. are, most people are very right. serious. I'm like, finding this we out. Are, we are the freaks. Right. And even now, I'm not, and it's funny because I am not a funny, jovial person in right. real life. Like, right. I'm, very, I'm very laid back, monotone. Right. If I don't really know you, I'm, right. not, turned, I'm not turning it on. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'll be in a room and I'm just, like, quiet. And when I see somebody I know, I'm like, oh, my God, what's up? Yeah, 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 and, I, yeah, yeah. and that's a genuine reaction. Right. But, but you're I'm always just, nice because I didn't yeah. know you and you always say hello, how are you? Yeah. You're always not Right. I'm nice, but I'm not uh, over the top. Yeah, yeah, over yeah. the top. Of I'm course. not doing too much. Right. And it's interesting because like I've done things in television and I would arrive yeah. on set and uh, you can see them people talking to me and I'm like, okay, so what do you need me to do? Right. To, okay, X, Y, and Z. All right, I'm ready. Let me know when you're ready. Right. And then when it's time to go, I go. And then right. after the first cut, they're like, we were so concerned. We thought you right. were not going to be good because <laughs> you were just like in your phone. Right, but it's folk- you're focused. Yeah, and also I just don't have the energy to maintain yes, it. 100%, like you, yeah. If you're always on, I don't know how I, it's you It's not do healthy. It. Yeah. It's not healthy. You but know? at least you identify that you're yeah. always trying to be I'm on. always trying to be funny, especially if I get in an awkward situation mm-hmm. where like I feel like, oh, well, you have a doctorate from mm-hmm. Yale. Um, but you were so, successful very young. Like um, you worked in real estate? More well, I mean, success, well, I was an actor as a little guy. Mm-hmm. And as a kid? As you were a child actor? Child actor. Like so legit. Like six years old. I was like on stage and shit. Oh, you were doing plays. So I was doing plays. I was oh. doing commercials. I did Sesame Street. I didn't do any big commercials. I didn't make any money. Like there were kids making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I didn't really make a lot of money. I failed at that. Don't, no, don't say well, you failed as okay. a kid. Well, Your parents failed. That I, <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that because they didn't push me harder. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there was that. I got into cocaine at 12, you know, 13. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. That, how do you just get into cocaine? Like, where you're was friends. cocaine? I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're at a friend's. Yes. And your friend goes, why don't my your friend Tina goes, why don't we do cocaine? And you go, that's a great idea. No, no, it's Bob Euros. <laughs> that's a great idea. I guess not. But it was like, think at that point, the acting was over. I was kind of <laughs> you feeling had a, that. You had a, a mid-tween <laughs> crisis. <laughs> I was feeling like, oh, this didn't work, huh? And uh, and and it's funny. It's kind of like comedy because I used to audition with like guys like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, all these people, mm-hmm. and then you see, then they're like big stars, and you're like nothing. Yeah. And you're like fucking shit, and you're still getting like kind of bullied at school. People are like, oh, you figure, oh, and you're like, fuck, you know. I was supposed to be out of this. I was supposed to be living in L.A. and I blew it. <laughs> And so then you're there and you start getting into drugs, you start smoking weed and cigarettes and everything and then somebody- But you didn't explain, how do you stumble into cocaine? How did Tina get her hand on cocaine? So we had friends. How do you know how to snort cocaine? So we grew up in an area in Long Island, this town, Island Park. And Island Park was like kind of like a drug-drenched town. Mm -hmm. It's not like, there was some money there, but it was like a mafia town. Like Mm -hmm. it was like a town where the guy who The Sopranos is based off of lived in my town. Oh, that's a real guy? guy, Yeah, Vinny Ocean, Vinny Palermo. Yeah, he was a real guy. 
guy. His house is a white house, just like on the show. Um, is he still alive? Oh, yeah. He's in, they manage every mob guy. They go to jail, then they come out, then they manage a strip club in Arizona. That's like every mob guy does that. Really? Yeah, every mob guy. So he's in Arizona somewhere. Doing something. And mm. that's what they do. And then like uh, Henry Hill from Goodfellas. Yeah. He lived in my town and others. So it was like a, it was like a, so the town was like a weird, like uh, kind of, nobody wanted to be a cop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put it that way. Like nobody, nobody <laughs> wanted to be a cop. Like it was just like, you know, you, you were keenly aware that the guys that drove Cadillacs and had a lot of money were probably doing something shady. Yeah. You know, all the bars and restaurants in my town were like owned by whoever. So strangers didn't go there. Uh, strangers would go, but you'd behave. Oh. You behave. You would behave. You wouldn't. You know, it was. You know, you would go. You would do the right thing. You would pay for your drugs. You would pay for your alcohol. You wouldn't say anything to somebody's chick who you yeah. didn't fucking know. I mean, mm-hmm. so this was like a way. I grew up kind of like, and it wasn't like a tough town. I don't want to give the impression it was like a tough town, but there were just rules where you were like, you would never, like, you would never rat on anyone or run your mouth or, or so you you're like um the Bronx Tale. Remember Bronx Well Tale? yeah kinda of not really but it was kinda of like well you just knew you just knew yeah. you were like you wouldn't open your mouth mm. about people's shit yeah. and what they did because you didn't fucking know. So you just kinda of like and you wouldn't have to. Like there was no reason to. But now like now with social media and with everything else and it's like it's one of those things where I think people are very chat like just for example, the other day in my apartment somebody ratted on me because they said I had to shower on for an hour or something because the landlady was like what's the deal with the water bill and they're like he's got the try you wouldn't but you don't know who I am like I could kill you they don't even know me they just moved in these people oh. and they're ratting on me so that's something you would never do like when I grew up you'd be like what if what if for God forbid you ratted on somebody mm-hmm. who would be like so so we were exposed at like a young age to all of this stuff. So at 13, you start smoking pot and hanging out. And then older people are always around. 17-year-olds, yeah. 18-year-olds. They're doing blow. They're doing stuff. So then that's how you would kind of get into it. I didn't become like an addict for a, a couple of years. Like I wasn't like doing it all the time. Uh, but how, how do you come home from doing cocaine at your friend's house and your parents not realize that something is wrong? Well, number one, your parents aren't great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with it's not like the Huxtables where like yeah. you come home and they're like, how was your day? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think because it's, it's, it's almost like what you touched on it. You, they're in dis- like you were in disbelief. Yes. They would never, even if I was a little weird, they would never be like, I bet it's cocaine. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was like one of those things. They would be like, "Oh, it's he's probably just weird." He had maybe he had chocolate. Yeah, he's hyper. <laughs> he's a kid. You know, my dad was like one of these guys who go, "Patty, he's a kid." Mm. You know what I mean? She's like, "He's got white powder all over his nose. He's a kid. <laughs> probably had a crepe." <laughs> you know, like it's but it was bad. I mean, I was crazy. And so then you were on drugs, on drugs, all teen years. Yes, on and off, but pretty much on. Yeah, and did you go to college? I, I went to community college mm-hmm. in Long Island for two years, and then I dropped out before it was over. And how did you get into the mortgage business? From that, because some dude was like, hey, and I was never good at the mortgage business, but everyone thought I would be, and I, I, I was because they were like, you're a great talker, so maybe mm. you're a great salesman, but I wasn't really a great salesman because I just kept talking. Even if somebody had bought... <laughs> the product I would keep talking and but so like I didn't do great like I wasn't making a and I was just on drugs and like I would make a little money like every now and then I'd have a big month and then three months I'd you know yeah and it was like 
But I got some dude at a Range Rover, a community college, and he's like, I work, I sell mortgages, you should do this. Mm. And I was like, also because of my sexuality, I hadn't come out of the closet. So I was like, if I go away to school, I'll probably come out. I'll probably, you know what I mean? And I I would have had a happier life probably. I wouldn't be a comedian, maybe. I don't know. Go to a liberal arts school. I don't know what I'd be doing. But I was like, let me just go into the business world where I can just kind of. Be a closeted gay dude. Nobody will care. Nobody will know. And mm. I'll have a Range Rover. I mm. never got a Range Rover. No. No. What was the best car you ever got? Suburban, Chevy Suburban, like a big one. It was old. It was from 1999, but it was very big. Yeah. It was great. And that was I like always a buy a symbol. car that I might have to live in because I have hope <laughs> for the future. I always have a lot of hope that things are going to turn around, you know? Oh, my gosh. Wait. So then how did you end up? How do you go from child actor doing cocaine? Yeah. Living in a mafia town community college mortgage uh broker to being in crack houses oh well the crack houses started when i was like 14 we just there was a oh my gosh yeah there were just houses where you would go and hang out with people that were doing drugs and you would go buy drugs and because you can't go home so we can't go home and do drugs at our house so we have to kind of hang out somewhere and do them and it's like well it's january so we can't be outside. So like you'd hang out in crack houses. Like there was Rosie and Vinny. There were these two people that had a crack house. And it was kind of fun. Um, you know, because we were young and we got to go. Like a lot of people weren't allowed. They're like, we don't really want kids here. But we were kind of like, well, you guys are mature. Uh, so we could kind of hang out and smoke pot. And I mean, it was bad. But like, that's how I grew up. This is also a problem on dates. You start talking like this. People are like, well, <laughs> I think we're just. But no, and it was true. And it's like a lot of my friends lived in pay-by-the-hour motels and lived on boats. And you know, this yeah. is what... we when you do drugs. And your parents had no idea that you were hanging out with these people? You know, again. Like you say, hey, mom, I'm going I'm going to John's house. And she would say, what's his yeah, mother's she, number? And he oh, no. Oh, this isn't the game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, this was like some of that. Some of that was the case. Yeah. But some of it, you know, the some parents were really like that. And as you, the 90s to me were different a little bit. Like I look, and not for everybody, but like, Today, mm-hmm. kids are managed in a way that a lot of people I know weren't managed. Like, They're micromanaged to the point where they are not independent and right. they become so entitled because everything is given to them instead of right. earning. They don't like they don't know the value of a dollar, which sounds like, you know, it no, sounds but it's crazy, true. but they don't understand hardship. Like I saw right. somebody today posted on Facebook like, hey, does anybody have an old iPhone 5 they're willing to sell me <laughs> because, you know, kids? And I'm like, no, what are you like? <laughs> If your kid fucked up the iPhone five, they don't get a phone. Right. Like, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. where are they going? Like kids are not kids are not exploring the world to the point where they need GPS right. any more differently than we did. Yeah. So like I was from that last generation, you probably were too, where it was like you could get lost a little bit. Like yeah. you didn't have the phone, you didn't have the stuff. And I think your parents were kinda like, you know, you're going to the park. Okay. Yeah. You go to the park. Like what am I you know, be home by nightfall. Well, now, now that like I remember reading a couple of years ago, there was a story of how a mom got arrested because she let yeah. her kids walk to the park by themselves. It's crazy, but that's Nuts. crazy. Nuts. That's crazy because like I, I, I don't understand. Like, there's this idea that there's this idea that we're under constant attack and everyone's mm-hmm. gonna kill you. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it comes from. I think that's white people's fear. Not, it is probably a hundred percent. I mean, black people's fear is like the, we're under attack by police and like a hundred percent systematic 100%. oppression. But yeah. white people are like the, everyone's they, coming to kill them. The they, the they, right? It's coming to kill them. Yeah. So, like to me, I, I was never, uh, and I was in bad situations. <laughs> I was in bad neighborhoods. Yeah. I was like, but like I never understood this. This idea of like, you know, the micromanaging and the fear based, like it was always kind of like, like we grew up, you learn shit by being left alone. 
And that is why yeah. this is a great article about why uh, French parenting is the best way to parent. Yeah. Because they leave their kids alone. Okay. Like they are from early on kids are, are they are taught how to play by themselves. Yeah. Um, they aren't coddled. They aren't, right. they aren't sleeping in the bed with the parents. Right. They eat the food that the parents eat right when the, when the parents eat right right, right so it's like right, we're right, not right. eating sna- like you get breakfast when we yeah. eat breakfast there's no snack there's no chips there's no candy there's yeah. no, no fruit roll-ups right like, so they're they're taught to be very independent thinkers absolutely which is why they're not coddled which is why the french really don't give a fuck like, yeah if you've ever been to paris they like, yeah yeah, not, yeah yeah they just do their thing i'm yeah. not holding your hand i'm not doing this shit the for thing you. is like with me is like not everyone obviously this sounds weird because i'm like preaching this type of method of parenting that i'm like and then it, you're I was in cocaine and crack houses <laughs> and everything like that. But it's like, I knew a lot of people who didn't go that route, but we all had freedom. Yes. That's the whole thing. I chose that route. Mm-hmm. I would have probably chose that route anyway. Even with the barriers between me and that, I was heading in that direction. Do you think that being a child star contributed to you? Yeah. I think just being that guy, mm-hmm. that crazy dude, the, the guy who said to his mom when he was six, I want to be on TV. And she said, okay. Yeah. So like that, that head, and that's the same guy that does comedy every night being like, hey, love me. Fucking, is this funny? Is this yeah. good? So being that guy is going to be, I'm going to be a version of that guy in whatever I do. So how did you get to the point where you decided that after all of this that yeah. you wanted to get into comedy? Well, I well sobriety came first. That was like Wait, the yeah, big how, thing. How did that so happen? So that's six years. Did you decide or did the courts decide? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, the courts had an opinion. Um, <laughs> no, what what happened was I was a uh, alcoholic, so I was drinking a lot heavily. Mm-hmm. I'd pretty much given up everything else. I'd given up blow. I'd given up. Uh, I was still smoking weed every now and then. I'd given up pills. I used to love pills: Percocet, Vicodin, you know, Valium, Oxycontin, mm-hmm. Demerol. You know, nothing crazy. <laughs> and so I got to a point. I was twenty five. Now twenty five is a rough age. Because you're not really a child, but you don't really feel like you're a full adult. Right. And especially if, you, if you're if doing drugs since 13 <laughs> and living in that world on and off. Yeah. And all different levels of that world. Like you're doing drugs with rich people. You're doing drugs with poor people. Mm. I never had a substantial amount of money. I never looked in the bank and went, oh, things are okay. Yeah. So I don't know what that feels like. Um, but, but that's not a lot of that's me. Like this is all me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like you take responsibility for I it. I take responsibility hundred yeah. percent, you know? Um, uh, but I, it, I was 25 years old. I got a, I got a summons to do jury duty and the jury, the trial <laughs> is crazy. The trial was murder, torture and rape. It was this horrible thing. So it was two weeks and you're sitting there and, and all they talk about every day is mortality. Like, Life and death, yeah. life and death, all day. Somebody's dead, and now somebody might get convicted of their murder. Oh. So every, so this is heavy, and I'm sitting there going, I am not, and I, so I was sober at that point. I'd sobered up before the trial, but I'm like, I am missing something in my life. Like I'm missing. I'm not meant to be in business. Clearly not meant to do that. Mm-hmm. I thought I was meant to do cocaine, and although I did a great <laughs> job of that, I have to not <laughs> do that. But I got to figure out what should I do. My friends, my friend, you know, there was a guy on the murder trial who was like, you're hilarious and you're really funny and we hear the worst shit every day. Yeah. You know, this is a West Indian guy. Yeah. From Long Island. I still, I'm still friends with him. Really? Came to my show. He's wow. a little old West Indian guy who owns a little, not bodega, but like a like a restaurant, but and a store. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know what the term is for yeah. that. And he said to me, he goes, he goes, you really feel, he goes, why don't you do comedy? Like, he didn't even know the parlance of stand-up or yes. anything. He goes, just do comedy. I'm like, he's right. 
And uh, and my friends were like, yeah, you're always, I was always kind of a clownish mm-hmm. guy. I was a clown in school and everything. So then I just started doing it at 25, about six years ago. You know, I'm in year seven now, and it was like that kind of took over. And, and, and I stayed sober, and I went to meetings in AA and all that shit, and I was like, okay, really got to fucking not do drugs now because I found something that I'm good at. And uh, So comedy saved your life. Comedy might have, but it's scary to say that because it's like, oh, God. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but that you have a, a whole different experience I have now. a whole different experience. And yeah. I think I'm good at it and I'm happy doing it, and that's like something that I enjoy doing. And so you, so once you started doing comedy, then you started like working and getting jobs and then staying. Yeah, I mean, I worked, you know, once I started doing comedy, I worked like at weird jobs. Like I uh, was a tour guide mm-hmm. on the double decker bus. Really? That goes around New yeah. York City. I did that. I uh, Were you good at it? Well, you were good at it because you just did it for the I just New did York it for comedy the New York Comedy Festival. Festival. I, it was funny. I was funny at it. Oh, okay. I don't know if I was good at it. Okay. Like, ask me a question about New York. We're on the bus. Ask me a question. Um, where is the best pizza? There's no questions. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so that... <laughs> so there are... So it depends. Did people, did people laugh? Did yes! they like it? People laughed. But my thing is they must love yeah. you because they let you use it their was buses. Funny. For yeah, yeah. It was funny. It was funny because, listen, I always believe the funny will kind of win out the day. So like, yeah. I, I, I would be straight up with them. I'd be like, listen, I don't know. People like, what about the Revolutionary War? And I'd be like, let me stop you right now. <laughs> let, me stop. let me stop you right now. There are a lot of buses. <laughs> if your concern is the Revolution, you have to leave now. Yeah. But if you look to the right. Hold on. Winnie, shut up. She's dog. laughing. That's my dog barking. But so I was, I was funny at, it. and I love real estate, and I love like the rich because they, they have never offered me an olive branch. Yeah. <laughs> in my years of defending their sociopathic behavior, I have never let me in. If not, not one party, Chloe, not one. You know. So we have to talk about this because yes. you are. A, are you? Do you identify as a Republican? I don't think I identify as a Republican, but okay, I but identify you're conservative. as a conservative. I'm skeptical of the government, but you're conservative. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I believe that most things are left out out of the government in, in private people's hands are generally better. That's not to say everything. So, like, give me two things that you think should be left to the people and not the government. Um. Two things that should be left to the people and not the government. Uh, I think, um, I mean, now that the government and the private businesses have entangled themselves so much, yes, it's like completely, you know, banking should have nothing to do with the government. Yeah, The government shouldn't bail banks out. The government shouldn't help banks become these huge conglomerate, mega yeah. conglomerate things that are able to take down the entire economy, mm-hmm. you know? Um that's one area that I I think marriage, I think things like that. It's like who cares? You think like, that? Oh, so you think if a couple gets married, that they shouldn't be registered with the government as a married couple? I mean, do I almost feel like stuff, oh no, there could be benefits to any partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand that marriage is better and stuff like that. But then there's like things that I have radically unconservative views, like on. what reparations. I think uh, you know, I think reparations are appropriate. A hundred percent for party plunder and yeah. no for for black people not okay. for everyone okay no okay. for black people you mm-hmm. know that's my other issue with Democrats is like we go people of color and then it's like well the Asian people are telling me that no no the, this country systemically has prevented 
black people from attaining wealth. Yes. It is policy. Mm-hmm. It is not an, it can art. No smart person argues otherwise. If they are arguing otherwise, they have another motive. Because if you look at the evidence, it's 100 proof. If you look at redlining, if you look at the way the suburbs were created, yes. none of the, it's all very obvious. So I think that there's some appropriate, there needs to be some. That's not to say that we draw a, a circle and go, oh, gay people, transgender people, Asian mm-hmm. people, every single person has an equal right to know. Yeah. I think that you have to look at uh, how the government has sy- systemically prevented uh, people uh, from owning homes, from sending their kids to school. So that has to be rectified in some way. Do you think it will ever be rectified? No. Yeah. I mean, not... I think it will, but I not through that because the thing. So, example, it won't you, be black and white. It won't be the government saying we understand that African Americans in this country have been shortchanged, so therefore we're erecting these policies. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And I think, sadly, I think that. So, so for me, when I look at that issue, and I'm coming from a place of that, I don't. I, I'm very skeptical of the government, and one of the reasons I am is because I haven't met a ton of people who owe their success or prosperity to the government. A lot mm. of people that I've met have said, "I figured it out." Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is what I think we as comedians have to do now because right. of because of, you know, yeah. this this president elect. Yeah. Um and all the answers that's going on. And yeah. I and I was talking about this last night with a with a couple comics. It's like when it first happened, I was like, damn, what does this mean? And a part of me felt like, well, maybe I just need to be like a crusader and an activist right. and work right. for the people. But then yeah. I also realized that there is there's always been turmoil in history. Sure. And during those same times there's always been entertainment and yeah in entertainment you decide whether you want to be right a buffoon right or a messenger yeah and i want to be a messenger right i want to use my yeah. platform to address hard-hitting That's, issues right right and i think that that can sway people i think it can i think it can i think there's a limit unfortunately to what yeah. it can do uh to, so to me, I'm like, I always say, like, I want to be funny. Mm-hmm. And then from that, if you glean something from my set or if there's something that that's great, I think there's a lot of comedians that are like, well, I want to say this and I want to say that. But it's like, but you got to start funny first, you yes. know? So, But it's always personal. Like, I don't think there's a right or a wrong. I know mm-hmm. there's all these articles like, what should comics do in the age of Trump? Oh, and it's like, that, the Rolling yeah, Stone but it's article. like, well, well what, what, what comics this my problem is just making a monolith out of any group of people yes. so in any group of people especially comics there are people that feel like their job is to be a messenger there are people that job is to just be funny there are people that are like there's a lot of people that we know don't even give a fuck about being funny no they don't <laughs> or being a messenger they just they want to get they, famous they want drink tickets they want to drink tickets they want to <laughs> hang out they want to be famous so at the end of the day i'm like um you know, it, everybody's specific to them is like what they can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think for me, it's like uh, me is the part is like, this is my truth. And this is how I identify my comedy 100%. Now. Yeah. What is your truth? What do you really right. want to convey while you're on stage? Yeah. And I feel like for me, being a black woman in this country, having yeah. seen the crack era. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Violence in New York City. And right. Reaganomics. Right, and, right, you right. Know, police brutality. Seeing all of these things, they impact me. They give me context from yeah, my yeah, material, yeah. 100%. my experience. Yeah. And I also travel the country and I'm in the middle of America. So I'm seeing like all the people who love Trump. Right. who are nice to me sure. but I know that they just have some crazy ass views that I don't agree with Right, right. so for me when I step on that stage I bring all of that experience with me Right. so whether I'm telling yeah. an easy dick joke or, or whatever I'm talking it is. Right. about like yeah. you know the future of America yeah it comes from my experience. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily have to berate people and be like, you're dumb because you believe this and it right, isn't. But right. it's just like, I need you to understand where Your I point come of view. from. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So that you can understand. That's what makes you, you know. a great comic, what makes you funny. That, But that's your whole, that, listen, yeah. everybody that has, is talented when you get on the stage, 
comes from they're coming from somewhere mm-hmm. I believe that where it's whatever it is like you talked about that I have experiences everyone's gonna bring something there and go this yeah. is where I'm speaking from and that's what yeah. makes people that's what makes the audience like you because right. they feel that you're genuine like I was right. talking to my roommate who's a yeah. comic and we were talking about Richard Pryor and he was like the reason why Richard Pryor is always gonna be the the number one hands down best comedian is because he was so truthful right. he was so right. revealing yeah. you know like he got on stage talked about how he sucked dick once like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he, you can't yeah. You can't not you you can't judge a person who has no fear. Yeah, no, and I think he wrestled with things and he did it public. Like it was the vulnerability. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like and that and that's like the hard thing I think with us is like because there's so much there's so much like noise about the like the industry and like well what do you do and how do I get this and I want to get you know mm-hmm. and I want to be in this spot and it's a terrifying business. We're in a terrifying business because yeah. everybody's terrified of like not being the right thing at the right moment and the right time but I think if you look at guys like Pryor and stuff like that how many people you know are are, are you going to you know I mean it's such there's such a small group of people that are that transcend time. The yes. way guys like he, him, yeah. you know, and other comedians. But, you know, you look at that and you're like, oh, I just want to really be good at this. So it's very, so to me, it's very hard. So politically, like, I'm all over the map. I think it's hard for people uh, that are all over the map to necessarily craft political ideas on stage. Like, mm-hmm. my, my stuff isn't necessarily political, but there's social stuff. You know, I do talk about the craziness I'm more of social where it's like I talk about these things and and they're funny and whatever Mm -hmm. and people have ideas from them um but I think there's a lot a lot of the comics that I love are people that are very very much like this is what I'm about hey take it or leave it yeah yeah so speaking about being what you were about um, and going back to your post uh, where you call your date a faggot, when yeah. did you come out of the closet? 25. Oh. Was 25. This during, was it during the middle, the murder trial? It was. I was in love with the murderer because you know Are what? Are you fucking serious? I'm kidding. I, well, I'm not. I'm not serious. <laughs> I'm actually joking around. But like, you know, no, I was, it was a time to stop living in that bubble of lies. Yeah. Which is sick. I love lying, how, how, but how, it's um, sad that I had to give up that lie. How deep into the lie were you? Like, were you like dating women? I was dating and, girls. Were you having sex with women? I was having sex with women. And you hated it? Did you cry? And, and no, like, it was fine. I mean, crying? it was okay. okay. It's not bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. People are like, could you do it? Did you throw up? Like, <laughs> what? No. Well, it's like the crying game. Yeah, you know I, mean? I mean, I guess. I don't know. But I think I was like... Uh, it was time to just stop the bullshit. I was like, I have to just, yeah, you know, I and have so to be did honest. You ta- what, you, did you look in the mirror and say, Tim, this is the time to come out and be honest? Did you tell your parents? Your uh, who did I tell first? I'm trying to think. I told a friend of mine first. Mm-hmm. We were out to dinner and she was like, yeah, we don't care. And then I told uh, some of my friends uh, at a dinner and they're like, you're paying for this meal, right? They're like, this isn't a scam. <laughs> is this a scam? They're like, why did, why? I lent you $200. You have my money. I'm like, I really had a revelation in my life to like, can you be honest for one fucking Oh, so thing? everybody knew you were pathological liar. Everybody knew I was me. So they <laughs> didn't know where. Say, I love how you didn't my say My friends I'm are all very, pe- like my friends, like two of my friends, this is true. Some guy just left his apartment. They broke into it and just moved into it and lived there. My friend Ryan and his girlfriend. So I, I'm like a lot of the people that I know are, 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 grifters and like liars yes. and cons wait is your friend ryan on drugs or he just like, no saw it's an even more i mean he's maybe on some type of steroids but i mean i think he they just saw an opportunity to not work to be lazy to just that's the the love of the grift is to just get by and not do 
or just if if all you have to do is tell a lie to get by without having to do yeah, it. I mean, like, it's I just, know a guy. I know a guy. I mean, it's just that's I come from those people, and it's just sad. Do but it's still, funny. Do they still live in this apartment? Do they still live in that apartment? They're probably. I don't know. But like, this is who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was at my friend's house and <laughs> my friend, you know, the, the, the knock on the door. The cops were there. We opened the door and they go, uh, they go, uh, hi, uh, is Isabel in? My, my friend Ryan goes, who? I'm like, you dumb fuck. You know? And they're like, she's on Indiana's Most Wanted. And, uh. Uh, Ryan's like I don't know who you're talking about They're like You're an accessory You're about to be brought in He's like Well she's in the kitchen uh, <laughs> So they walk in And they take her out And she goes to jail In Indiana for a year For God only knows And this is just his friend This is not his girlfriend No this was his chick Identity theft Everything else Fucking But I mean A, a, a complete fucking And I'm sitting in the In the kitchen Smoking a cigarette With his mother Going you know You gotta pick Better people <laughs> But but the reason that he's with her is because they're both like they're both cons. Oh. So that's what I thought. Like for a while, I was like, "Oh my god, how did he end up such a nice guy? End up with such a so you know he met his match and absolutely yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is like, oh, you're not being taken down the river. No, you know what you do. And I mean, they're like, and I I always go back to people like this, and it's they're very entertaining. And I know it's bad. Yeah. And I'm not involved. Like, I'm not doing any business dealings with any of these people. And I don't co-sign a lot of what they do. But it's just kind of, I grew up around these. And there's varying degrees. They're not always fucking people. Like, um, but they're, you know, they're, they're just, they come from that, that thing of like, they're morally compromised. Yeah. Heavily. Well, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm Googling right now on my phone. There's this woman. She's super famous. Yeah black woman who is a burglar and has been arrested so many times I, but see already i Doris already Payne. i i already love her like you just said burglar arrested so many times the i i just lo- already is that wrong i already like but her. let me tell you something i like it there's a there's she has a documentary first of all she's 86 years old oh is this the one Doris she's, Payne. she's famous okay she's i know famous. okay yeah 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 yeah. and she's the same age as my grandmother um and she has a documentary called the life and crimes of doris Payne. oh my god and that's she great details like oh she i want to fucking watch this i'm gonna watch so it tonight amazing okay she stole like a, a like a super expensive diamond oh this is great she stole it and then she got arrested but she had kept the diamond on her body they couldn't oh, find I love, it i love and so this. she was in a woman's prison yes and she hid the diamond in her uniform oh my like god like in her inmate outfit she yeah. sewed it into it Wow. And then after like a year or so, um, she escaped the women's prison. Like in Monaco, she's like, I jumped out the window. Like you hear this and you're like, how the fuck? And she's like a black woman from America, grew up in poverty. And she's like crisscrossing. She's a thief. She's, yeah. How great is that? She she steals things. She goes into, uh, she dresses nice. She explains how she does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dress nice. I go in. Right. I say, can I see that and see that and see that? And I ask about something over there while he goes, I lift it, put it, keep it in my hand. He's like, I always keep it in my hand. Right. I have to toss it out. Right. Right. She's 86. She just got arrested again for fraud. Not for fraud, for theft. She steals. She steals uh, everything, but she sounds great. She is, you know what I mean. Who do, you, who do you want to have lunch with her? Like somebody who's never done anything wrong. I know. You know what I mean. It's like what kind of stories are those people going to tell? 
Yeah, she in 2001, she was arrested at 80 for stealing a diamond ring from a Macy's department store. And they had her on camera, too. And she was like, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what my friend's mother told me once. She looked at me and she goes, because like, I think I got caught maybe cheating on a test. And I said, what do I do, uh, Mr. Luca? And she looked at me and she goes, deny, deny, deny. Yes. I was like, great. She's yeah. right. Well, I've never committed any crimes. You seem like an upstanding member of society. I am. I am upstanding. I don't, you know what it is? My thing is, I know myself. Yeah. And I feel like if I were to cross that threshold onto the dark side, I would, stop. I would be the best <laughs> villain ever. Yeah. Like I say, I used to say this as a kid, not a yeah. kid, but like as a teenager, I'd be like, right. you, I told my mother, like, you're so, you're so fortunate that i'm on the good side right because right. i i know that i could be a nightmare a, a queen pin i would be right. running a cartel i would yeah, be getting yeah, people yeah, murdered yeah, yeah. right like i would be doing <laughs> like i went to school for junior high school and high, high school junior high school and high school I, I went to school and i studied uh computer science like, right if i had stuck with that i would be running the dark net right like there's right. no you I can't tell that. me the like dark net. i would be on an like for real i would be hacking people's that's shit. so funny and I just use my talents for good. Yeah, because I would love to have that woman. I mean, she's big though. I'd love to get her on my. Po- I have a podcast called Tim Dillon's Going to Hell, and it's like we just people like her. We we love we love that stuff. Yeah, I don't know where she's based because she'd be bouncing all over the country. But yeah, she has kids. Her kids are like, yeah, she we know she's a terrible mom. She stole everything. <laughs> it was the I mean the life and the life and crimes of Doris Payne. It was on Netflix. I'm That's not sure great. if it's still on it though. That's but, great. I'm gonna check that out. But it makes you think because I mean yeah, you said those people who love those lives they are exciting, but you it, there's a so, downside. Listen, it's of so course. isolating. It's so isolating. It's very isolating. It's it. Listen, I mean it's not. I'm not telling everyone that this is a great. <laughs> I'm not telling you to spend time in a crack house. I'm telling you that there were fun times in the crack house. I feel like you live in Long Island, and I feel like your crack houses are way different than like the crack houses that I imagine in like Brooklyn. Not too much. Really? They're pretty similar. Because I went, but I I was because I went to crack houses in Brooklyn and stuff. You know, they are they're a little different, but uh, no, they were gangs and stuff. I mean, it was similar. There were guns, there were drugs, like it was all, it was similar. It wasn't as, so you, here's the difference, because there were differences. There wasn't like any shootings in that particular house. There Mm -hmm. were like gang, there were fights and stabbings and stuff like outside, but it wasn't like, you're right, it it wasn't nearly as wild as like, because we were driving to the Bronx to get blow. So we would drive in at 14 and buy like good cocaine, which is yellow and it's rock and you're shaving it, you know. You know, it gets whiter, it means it's been stepped on a bunch. So we would go up there <laughs> and we would do a blow. And it was, and we would go up into, you know, and we would walk into the project and stuff. And it's like, you know, listen, I could have been killed a million times. For your 14, white as people, snow. Yeah, I know. From Long Island. You probably have on a nice khaki pant. I don't know. I think I had a jacket. jacket. I had like, like a, a jacket puffer jacket on. or yeah. a puffer vest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your hair is TV Allen thick, swoop to the side. Maybe. R.I.P. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're very, you're very Kurt Cameron. I know, but that's, cut. you know, people, that's, I think maybe goes back to some of that fear that I don't have. Like, people don't just kill you. Like, a lot, of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people that get killed have done something. Do you know what I mean? Like, not always, I not always. Think, I don't think you get killed. If, if people know that you're there for drugs, they're right. not going to kill you. They'd right. Be like, I've, been robbed. I've been robbed. You have. I've been robbed. Yeah. Who doesn't, who, you know, you have a gun in my head. Okay, I'll give you my stuff. But then I called friends and, and that was in my town. And it's like, they got my money back from this guy because they were like, listen, if anyone's robbing him, we are. <laughs> <laughs> like a rob from us. First of all, how does it even happen that you can identify the person and get them 
to get give you your money back. I like, just go, this can... dude robbed me. And everyone goes, oh, we know him. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, you can't rob this kid. I was 13, I think. And they were like, we can't. Got you it. can't rob him. So at the end of the day, it was like, uh, it was different, certainly, mm-hmm. than some of the crack in the city. But there was like, we were going to the city and it's like, you know, people, when you're a drug addict, I, mean, I think people thought you were fun. Like, people thought I was funny. And I would make jokes. And they'd be like, you're fun. Here's the thing. People, even in the depths of drugs and everything else, are people. Yes. They're people. Mm-hmm. So, and that's another thing that I don't agree. Like, when conservatives talk about people need to be in jail and all this shit. I don't agree with any of that. No. I think the criminal justice system horribly biased. Horribly, I don't agree with any of that. I don't think, you, you know, people need to be in rehabs. People need to get help. Yes. People need, I, 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 100%. Yes. 100, a friend of mine OD'd. His mom has been, like, crusading down in Washington to get people to wake up and fucking treat this like a disease. But they are treating it now because because prescription painkillers are affecting are white affecting white people. Absolutely. 100%. So I agree. There yeah. mil- there's you know a million yeah. plus black and yeah. Hispanic people in the, prison the, for fucking for nothing. weed bags. For garbage. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Listen, there's no, I don't think there's any there's a there's a lot of disparities all over the place, but mm-hmm. one of the ones that's the most striking to me is a criminal justice system. Yes. Where you look at it and you go, "This is disgusting. This is insane." Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think that's a liberal or republic. Like, I don't think that should be an issue. No, it should that divides anyone because no. whose argument is no, this is fine. And also the thing, and also the thing, <laughs> the is clan, that- like who's going out yeah. there and going, "No, this is great." I think anyone that looks at that, we might disagree. I might disagree with somebody. Somebody might say we need like a lot of my friends are like complete socialists where they go, everyone should get guaranteed income. Mm. And I go, I don't I don't know that that'll work. And they go, no, no everyone should get guaranteed income. This is my friend's belief. Yeah. And I go, all right, well, I don't know how that would work, like how it would actually because it seems like that's not going to play out in reality. You I know? think that I think that. And it just this yeah. is a thought just now. But I yeah. think that if we had stipends, that would I think yeah. that works better. So it's like yeah. I feel like if you are able to go to school or get into a good high school, yeah, yeah, or yeah. get into a good college, yeah, yeah, they yeah. say, listen, we'll subsidize X amount of money, hundred percent. But then when you graduate, you know that you're paying back into hundred percent. So like, there's all kinds of ways to do that yeah. stuff. And the people like one of the things with me is like with comedy, it's like. I'm not smart enough to devise how these things work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's not my bit. Like, it's, I'm a, I'm telling jokes, you yeah. know? Are they meaningful? Hopefully, you know? <laughs> but like somebody, like people, like call your congressman and tell them that you don't like Trump's agriculture. And I'm like, what? I don't, who is my con? Like, I don't yes. even know. Um, and, most, and most people don't. So you know, we that. most people don't. And it's like at the end of the day, I think that like there's there there is absolutely 100 percent some real ugly and disgusting things about the way that we operate as a country, not only here, but all over the world. And like, this is why I'm kind of one of those conspiracy guys. I don't believe the president has a ton of power. I think he's up against all of these he's power things. And then, so it's like these entrenched things. And then it's like, well, I don't know. You know everybody's like, um, you know, like I'm, I'm like, I don't believe Kennedy was shot by one guy. Yeah. Like, I don't believe that. So I don't, I don't grant the, your premise on that. And it's like, and I don't believe that, like, we know everything about 9/11. I'm not saying the government did 9/11, but yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily believe. Well, because it just came out that it's like, oh well, Saudi Arabia funded it, but it's like, well, you told us it was this. Yeah. We went to war with them. I was so against the torture thing that happened. Where mm-hmm. I was like, how are we doing that to people? And remember when that came out, they were like, it's a few bad apples. Yeah. And then we found out, well, no, you planned the whole. So it was like, I don't know anything. Thing. anybody's telling me anything I just go I don't know I'm like what like I don't know and I you have to just have your own opinion about things especially now yeah. that everybody believes that yeah. well you know these crazy people believe that the New York Times is fake news so well it's like 
I think some of it is fake news because it's like the yeah. New York Times is is won't poke certain bears like the the bear of like you know the New York Times kind of will do what the CIA wants so is the Washington Post stuff mm-hmm. like that you know what I mean the New York Times had info about Saudi stuff but they didn't break it because the government was like don't do it and I'm sure the New York Times is a lot of their reporters aren't going to go near certain things yes. you know a lot of reporters and it's just the mainstream media in general won't go near well, that's, that's Kennedy the way, they that's won't the go near any of this that's the way it's always been that's the way it's always been because you have to protect yeah. certain certain high paying interests so to me I'm always like I look at everything skeptically mm-hmm. I go everything everybody's kind of full of shit and I'm like, I read some of these articles in the Washington Post and New York Times. I'm like, I don't believe, I don't know. Because they always go, well, it's an unnamed source and it's a high-placed administration official. And I'm like, all right, well, I could have written that. you yeah. know. And, but then the converse of that is a bunch of these lunatics on YouTube with like pretend uh, couches in their house being yes. like, Syria. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. So that sucks too. I thought about too. doing something. I thought about, I thought <laughs> I about like, um, no. because you know my journalism background, I thought about doing. And I've met, I've had some of these guys on my podcast that have written really good books about like the Bush family, yeah. the Kennedys and stuff. And they're ignored. Vanity Fair, all these people ignore them. They get excommunicated. Once they start talking about these things, Theories, mainstream so journalism. Hear, okay, so let's talk about conspiracy theory because I love for this. What's, that, what's one that you heard recently that blew your mind? Um, uh, there's a lot of things that have blown my mind. I think one of them is this guy Russ Baker wrote a book called Family of Secrets, for example, mm-hmm. about the, uh, the you know the the Bush family and about the way they operate and things like that. And I think one of the things that kind of blew my mind, and that is that George H. W. Bush, Poppy Bush. Um, was a guy that, you know, people said he was a congressman, he was this, he was an ambassador and everything like that. And that they made him the head of the CIA for one year. He was the head of the CIA for one year. Uh, it was very odd that they, they, and basically they were doing, the CIA was doing that because they were like, listen, this guy is new blood. He's going to come in here. He's going to clean out the swamp. of oh, like well, Donald Trump. Right, right. <laughs> so, with, so with this, and then you found out, like when you looked in the book, it was like, no, there was a lot, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that like, this guy was a deep cover CIA operative for his entire life. Mm. And that George H.W. Bush had worked for the agency for a very, very long time. And that, of course, they weren't putting in a congressman who knew nothing about the CIA, which is, in many cases, a criminal organization. And so, no, they were putting in a guy that had worked for them for very long to continue the cover-up yeah. of what was going on. And I'm like, well, but but if you're just reading mainstream news articles and you don't really get any of that, and then you're like, yeah, God, well, the CIA had some issues and now they're going to clean it up with this new guy. And he's just one of them. And he's just one of the guys, but because he was this deep cover guy, nobody would go near it. And it's funny. And the guy who wrote that book is ignored by mainstream media because now he changes our whole understanding of like how the country operates yeah. and like what goes on. But I think that now is the time for these things to be exposed because right. people well, may believe them now. Well, the people here's a problem now. People believe anything. Yeah. So like now it's like, so then I'll bring up that idea and somebody will go, and that's good because they go, do you know Michelle Obama's really... Uh, uh, man and Barack is a lizard, <laughs> and then I go, <sighs> like it's like now, it's, you yeah, know what I mean? Everything's believable. Everything's believable, and it's scary. And so we're in this weird place. I think as comics, we got to have fun. I mean, it's like one of those things where you like, I don't know what's going. I don't know what the future looks like. I'm not. I'm not an optimist. I'm not a pessimist. I'm just like, hey, yeah. I don't know. I'll tell you a conspiracy theory that yeah. I heard um, recently that blew my mind was that the reason why um, they killed Gaddafi in Libya okay, yeah. is because he was pretty much one of the most powerful leaders yeah, in the yeah. country, and he was trying to get all the other leaders and of yeah. countries in Africa to form an African union. Yeah, with currency. And based on the yeah, gold standard. That's all standard. believable. Yeah. That's so, all believable. Yeah. So like, that's all believable. Like, what do people think we're doing? This is kind of my problem with people too, is they like, they like, they like, 
the parts of the country. Like we're an empire. Mm-hmm. So we're all, and obviously to varying degrees, because we've done horrible things to people in this country, Native yes. Americans, black people, but we're all on some degree benefiting from the idea that we're this empire and all of our gear, goods are made in like, you know, these countries mm-hmm. with horrible human rights records. And we kind of just go around the world doing whatever the fuck we want. And we all kind of benefit from it. And then we kind of turn around and go, well, this isn't fair. Or that's not good. And it's like, but with the premise of all of this yeah. is that we are like you know Giannis Papas had a great list like we're like Omar on the wire robbing drug dealers going around these Middle Eastern countries knocking over Mm -hmm. leaders grabbing oil I mean this is kind of the MO of what we do so that's kind of my problem with liberals is when there's no there's no real like acknowledgement of like what we are how fucked up we can be right and then they get mad because liberals get mad they're like no 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 no. we like everything except we just we gay marriage and abortion and I'm like well how yeah you can't draw the line in the sand you have to and and here's a crazy thing we probably can't be any other way like if we pulled out all these countries if we stop like if the war business is this three trillion dollar thing and it's mm-hmm. like well if we unwound it it might be like chaos in the street because the economy would crumble so then you start to go like Ugh. now you're like the- but that's what what's his face is trying to do he's trying to you know trump yeah which is why they want to kill him who's and it's gonna listen who's gonna, who's gonna well kill i don't know if they want to kill him, but a lot the same people that don't like uh a lot of leaders are not a huge fan of trump because trump for all his racism and all his things does say some things like, well, why are we at war with all this? He's starting to ask all these questions. People that ask those questions are generally, they're generally So what do you think? What is, your, what is your conspiracy um, prediction when it comes to this presidency? I think he will be co-opted. I don't think he's going to do what Kennedy did. You know, JFK got himself killed by really going against the people that own the country and that kind of make the decisions, which I think, again, are banks, mm-hmm. the CEOs of companies, uh, and these 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 international institutions like the Trilateral Commission or like the Council on Foreign Relations, all of those groups generally there's a consensus developed, and they go, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to destabilize this, we're going to we want this pipeline here, we want this here. Yeah. These, these things all happen at thirty thousand feet, and then it kind of trickles down to politicians, you know, and then they kind of go, I I think Trump will probably go along with those people. I don't think anything suggests. Well, that he just had like all of these heads of all of these people that voted yeah. for Trump and, and racists and all the other shit that they are. They all think he's going to change un- day to day unwind. Life. Or or, or, or or like fight this corrupt system that yes. Hillary Clinton was a part of. I don't believe he'll do that. It would be great if he did. I mean, if he went in there and said, well, now that I'm in here, fuck all you CEOs and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I just, no one has done Obama didn't do it. Nobody did it. Like yeah. nobody's ever been able to do it. No one, no president has ever been able to really do it because you're just going up against too much power. It doesn't matter. These guys all have, I mean, in New York City, you have, I think it's 65 billionaires and they have $365 billion worth of wealth and they live on like the same block yeah well they live in the same block but it's also like so if you run afoul of those 65 people good luck yeah <laughs> i mean yeah so it's like it is one of those things where it's like people have made obama like he should have done more it's like well the guy did as much as he could do well, his obama did a great time. job he did as much as he could do it's very hard to go against these guys so and that's where my conspiracy theories kind of are 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 do you think there'll be like a military coup no no do you think somebody will like you know attempt to kill him no i don't think i think they'll co-opt him i think i think i think they'll tell him this is the way it is this is how it works you go out there and be pretty yeah, we gonna sit in his war room and figure I, I shit out. I think that's kind of every president to some degree. They and it, it's not done that explicitly. Like they don't do that, but they kind of because you don't even need to do that. You just need to send in three advisors to sit down with Obama. And go, should we do A, B, or C? And Obama goes, I don't know B, but then 
who came up with the A, B, and C? Well, I think they definitely. You know? I think they definitely did that with uh, George W. Yeah, well, they've I, done it with everyone. They've done it with everyone. Everybody. But, but I feel like some people were you. You like we know they. And, and yeah. I think, and I think Bill yeah. Clinton too, because now when you look yeah. at his policies, and they were like, "Well, what about the shit that you did that fucked up, you know, the black community in yeah. prison and this right. and that?" And he's like, "Yeah, that was probably a bad decision." Yeah, I think that I think those guys at at, at a certain level aren't necessarily like I think I think the way that they the way that they handle these people is is very complex. I don't yeah. think they sit down and go. Like I think they sit down Barack Obama. He goes in. I want to close Guantanamo Bay, and they go. Well, like, uh, they go. Here's the deal. You, uh, they go. This is going to this is enough for right. Another 10 years <laughs> yeah, at least we'll they go like this, and then they fee. go. Oh, they go. Well, what if there's a major terrorist attack on your watch? And then he goes. Well, I don't want that. And they go. Well, listen. Here's the deal. You know. And I think. And I don't. I don't. I, I think. I think generally people want to do the right thing yeah. when they're in there. And I think that a lot of these guys that have influence on the president kind of come in and they they kind of. They 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 direct him in a certain way yes. where they where they go. Listen, this is what's possible. And Obama has talked about it. He said, you know, there are constraints. Mm-hmm. Our political system has constraints of what I can and can't do. Yeah. And and I think so. Those are the and it's not that I'm cynical and like when people when I say stuff like this, people go, well, it's because you're a white guy and you're not affected as much. Well, number one, 100 mm-hmm. percent. But wouldn't it be weird if I act like I have you met white guys who act like they are affected more than black? It's scary. <laughs> have you met the, that's what's the converse? Yes. Like, should I be thinking I'm going to be deported? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> and you meet some of these people and you go, what? And even when and even when they are being they're trying to be empathetic, you're right. looking at them like you're doing way too much. Absolutely. Just like, it, Shut it's up. Like, but the whole thing to me is it's like, um, I, I do believe that mm-hmm. to some extent the game is very, very rigged. Yeah. And I hate to admit it, but I think that it's to unrig it would be a big, big thing. We would have to, it's the reset button. We'd have to set the reset button. It's the button. reset. I don't know who would do it. I think if, it would be great if Sanders got elected because here's what he would have gotten done in four years nothing. He would have gotten like free community college, some other thing. Yeah. But because when you get. People that are worth billions of dollars are not, they're not the same as us. We have, we keep thinking that like, they're just like us. Never, they, no. they fly to islands to fuck sex slaves. This is all true. Like oh, the yeah. Jeffrey Epstein, that guy had an island where they flew to fuck sex slaves. I'm sure they're of age. Who's <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein? He was a trader. He was a guy at Bear Stearns. He's a billionaire. He's worth millions and millions of dollars. Bill, he has a private island that, that celebrities and uh, big business people have all visited, and he Jeffrey Epstein was arrested for uh, uh, hooking up with a fourteen year old girl, and he got a slap on the wrist. He got one year in jail, which is like nothing. Talk about how many people are doing fucking eight years for an eighth of weed. Yeah. This guy got a year, and then you wonder why is that? And it's like, oh, you start looking into it, and you go, oh, this is an op. And they found uh, tapes and all that stuff in his house. You go, oh, this is a blackmail operation, probably being run by the CIA or somebody like that. Where you go, I'm going to vote yes on this, and then they call you and go, well, we've got a picture of you fucking a sixteen year old girl you're gonna go to congress you're gonna vote however we want you to vote and this has been going on forever sexual blackmail is not new it's been going on forever this is one of the ways that our political system's compromised it's one of the ways and this is the shit we don't talk about and this is like one of the things so when you have that private island and it's like no anybody that can just get laid if they want to get laid they can just go to an island of sex slaves no they're not like you they don't care about you and they're not really and I think Obama gets into that world and Obama's like who the fuck are all these people yeah like Who I think are well, the, uh, where's the where's the slaves at? Where's the, where's this island? Uh, the islands and I think the islands in in the Virgin Islands, French Virgin Islands, things like that. It's still up and running. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. 
Really? Oh, yeah. So I think when you have a president who's like, Obama's like somewhat, Obama's a brilliant guy. And I, he knows these people. He knows what they're capable of. He was an outsider, but I think he was an, I think he was a true outsider. Uh, to an extent, Ooh, yeah. To an was, extent. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. He was outsider because Absolutely. they didn't welcome him and tell him all the, all the, where all the bodies were laid. I don't know. I mean, his mom worked for the CIA. That's something that people don't talk about, but it's really? yeah, incredibly true that she were in Hawaii. She probably worked for the CIA. Oh. She was, yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't. It's not like I can verify that. Yeah, yeah. Obama was absolutely an outsider. Listen, a half black guy from the south side of Chicago. Of course, he's an outsider. He's mm-hmm. not a Yale scholar. But again, it's like the same people that line up behind Bush lined up behind him. When you look at the big banks, yes. you look at that. So at the end of the day, it's like a lot of these people have to prove. And you know, it's like, and there is a racial element. Tanahazi Coast made a great point. He's like, well, Obama had to be the best. Best. At everything yeah. too, and, and I get Trump that. Just had to but be so to me, white. I'm like, I'm always like, how much of a role does this play? Mm-hmm. The sexual blackmail, the stuff we don't know. What are the? We have there's 22 intelligence agencies in this country. Who are they, and what are they doing? Yeah, no one has explained that to me ever. Nobody has. But people just go, yeah, I don't. The Department of Homeland uh, Oversight and a what? Like, who are they? What are they doing? The NSA can read every email. They can listen to every phone call. We're in this world now of this Orwellian weird world of like, you know, who's gonna, who's gonna, I don't know. This is high, where we are in the Avengers Hydra uh, movie. It's crazy. Where they are about to kill everybody who had any inkling of opposing the government. Well, that's the thing and that's why I'm really scared about some of people because they got, I mean, there was a journalist, Michael Hastings, who's writing an article and got killed. Well, supposedly, I mean, his car supposedly just fell off the side of a road. Well, it right? supposedly yeah, increased to 100 miles an hour, and then it blew up in a fireball. And but I mean, so this is the thing: like you, you bring this stuff up to people, and they and this is like here's the way I go over at parties: <laughs> really well or not at all. <laughs> Wait, so you don't even know when to bring these up? You just seize the day? I because I get bored talking about stuff, so it's like so if people are like. You know, and I have friends all across the political spectrum, but I'm like, but why don't we look at the deeper level of like what's going on here? Yeah, because because I like looking at the deeper level, but yeah. it, it makes you super depressed. It makes it's you feel very depressed. Makes you feel very powerless. It's, yeah, it's and so you gotta be. But the, be, right. That, so that's since since election day, I've probably consumed max. 20, yeah, fifteen to twenty minutes of news. Right. I don't watch. I don't watch right. broadcast news anymore. I right. read articles. I look on Twitter. I follow certain people that I like. I like their point of view. I like right. see what they bring. Right. And as I was saying earlier, like I was thinking about like doing something where like I read the headlines. Right. And just like do like a, a yeah. minute, like a minute or two minute video. Yeah. Um, on Facebook of just. I think me. comics should be people that aren't afraid to ask questions. I think if all we have a role in society, yeah. it's to be like, well, wait a minute, and it's like we could disagree about like. You know how much the government because I I talk to very very smart people on the left that go mm-hmm. no we everything should be socialized and I go well, I don't understand how that works as a as a guy that worked in business and I, I kind of understand like the the psychology of like why people do things and what incentivizes people yeah. I get skeptical about how that all works but I'm willing to hear the other side I think people need to be willing to talk to each other about stuff but I also think we should ask questions about everything and go like why. Why is this like this? Of course, and most yeah. people don't. They yeah. don't. They don't even think about it. Also, you know? because people just you don't even practice the art of conversation. But it's also like this. The crazy and sad thing is, is like, well, it's like you know, people. You know, we're out for ourselves. <laughs> we're all. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we're all trying to like, you know, yeah. best the person next to us instead mm-hmm. of like being like, hey, what are you? You know? Yeah. So. Well, I think we've answered this question, but I ask every guest this question yes. when we, we're closing down the podcast. Um, 
Tim Dillon, what makes you a social misfit? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> my ears. No, uh, I think my, my what makes me a social misfit is my uh, my inability to just chill. Yeah. And you said that once. You were like, Tim, no chill, Dylan. Yeah, no chill. So like, I, you know, you know, it's like, you're, you know, when you're at brunch and somebody mm-hmm. goes, you know, Ralph is, is, is working uh, for his dad right now and they're really, really happy. And I go, what percentage of people working for the government are Satanists? It's probably high. <laughs> it's probably high. We'll have pancakes. It's probably high. And that, I think, so that, that does it. So I'm, I'm, I exist on maybe media better than I do in, in, in real life. In real life. Because yeah. people don't realize that your well, media is actually it's, it's, you it's, in real life. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's not a gimmick. It's not a... It's not a gimmick. I wish it was a gimmick. Because that's when I started reading your right. post. I thought that... I was like, this can't be real. This no, can't be. It's, a lot of it's real. Yeah. It's Especially crazy. when you were going in about Republicans. You were yeah. like, we're all doomed. We're all going to die. Yeah. No, I do. I, I believe that I do. I do have those very dark... Well, I'm a dark dude and I have a very... My mom's schizophrenic and crazy and it's like... So I that I, I come from like the darkness of like, oh, the, you know, it's not always going to be a good end. Yeah. But let's have a good day. We can have a good day. Um, <laughs> and just to circle even more back to your yeah. post where you yeah. were on a date with a guy and yeah. you called him a faggot. Um, what is your love life like? I mean, it's it's random hookups and strange hotels. Hotel, you do hotels. I think that's well, fancy. Or well, like gr- grimy. Yeah, I mean, Grifter it's not, is it like it's, an you, hourly? Not the four seasons, the yeah. one season. What, at what it's always point, winter. At what point do you realize that you just need to contain all your hookups in hotels? Um... I don't know. I have a roommate, so it's weird. Mm-hmm. And I also, I like travel. When I travel comedy, I meet people. Oh, yeah. I get yeah. laid on the road more than New York. Of course, because it's so easy. It's easier. Well, it's here, easy for men. Women don't get laid on the road. I've that's never very popular because you're road. probably nervous. I Yeah, you know, I'm afraid that you. someone's going to kill me. And of I'm course. praying, please, somebody kill me. So <laughs> it's a different, <laughs> it's different. But no, I feel like when, in New York, too many options. Everybody's got too many options. Mm. People are like I don't know. I'll get back to you. I got I got thirty. But do you people. feel? But do you feel that people, um, because you aren't a stereotypical gay guy, right? Gay guy, yeah. Does that work against you? It could. I mean, I think the drinking works against me. So. Are you drinking now? Well, no, I'm not drinking. So like oh. the not drinking works. Oh, so the idea you. that I'm just so not clean, out clean. partying and I'm clean, clean. So the idea that I'm not doing that stuff, I think, mm-hmm. works against me. Got it. You know, which is interesting. Yeah, because people love going out and partying. Yeah, and I I get it. And it's like you know, what you're I, you're 31. I'm 31. Going to be 32 in late January. Yeah, so you're still at the age where socialization really centers on a outdoor activity. But when you well, get a little bit older, yes, like my I'm, age, right? I get I get asked questions like, "Hey, would you like to come over watch a documentary and, and oh, like, but that's nice and eat some food." And but that's like, nice. Yeah. I like that. That is nice. But uh, people at 31 aren't doing it. Unless no. they're just really trying to like show off. Right. Because <laughs> at 31, you're like, I think I'm still young to go out and party. Yeah, Let's but I don't have it. any gumption. Like when I get off stage, I'm like, I just want to go home. Yeah. I have nothing. I have nothing left. Because you give so much. Yeah. Which is why when you said earlier yeah. that you know that you have an insecurity where you feel like you always have to be on, yeah, you, yeah, you have yeah. to shut it down. I do. You have to shut. If you just try like thirty minutes of day, yeah, th- of being interactive with people out, but not being super social, right? Just, just pull back a little bit, right? See, you're an extrovert. I'm an introvert, right? 
And introverts, we expend energy trying to be extroverts and then we physically get drained. So like I hate going to weddings because it's like, oh my God, hi, 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 hi. (laughs) And at the end of the day, my face literally hurts. My cheeks hurt. My jaw hurts. I have a headache because I've been on this like fake high of being so pleasant and happy to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm happy for the couple, like my friends or whatever, but like all that other shit. You're like, fuck it. It's too much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now I got to do, I got to turn it off. We got to work on it. I got to do it. Yeah. Somehow. So Tim, where can people follow you at? They can find me um, on Twitter, Tim J. Dillon. I don't do a ton on there. I've no. had the same 3,800 followers for four years. <laughs> uh, I, You know what I mean? I don't know. I have a website. But what you could do is you can yeah. just take a screen. If you take screenshots know, of your Facebook and then reads, tweet I it. I have tried. Everyone tell my manic. They all tell me. They all have the same, you know, just do this. And I know. I said, I probably, every year I go, I email myself. I'm going to be famous. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Cause everybody's like, just tweet. Just take a photo and then yeah. Snapchat. The, I'm like, uh, Tim Dillon. On, you can follow me on Facebook. I have a website, timdilloncomedy.com. I'm trying to be on Facebook less, but I don't know that I I ever will be but I'm, I'm trying to write a pilot or a book or something where it's like oh this is funny and good take your facebook post and, and make, turn it I know, into a book i know i gotta do i gotta do that yeah that's the easiest that. way that's the yeah. easiest way because it's stuff that you've already talked about you yeah. just have to expand it yeah. it's like writing a joke and turning it to a chunk and if you have a dark sense of humor i have a podcast called tim dylan is going to hell mm. and if you want to know why i'm going to hell just re-listen to this podcast <laughs> I think if you're in hell, it's going to be a fun place. I'm, I'm sure it'll be something. Yeah, there has to be a nonstop party, <laughs> conga lying in hell, and having there reading like Charlotte right. Bronte it's books and yeah, right, dating right, right. and yeah, and boring. right. I mean, I want to go to heaven now, but right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that sounds like you <laughs> reading books. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for having me. Thank you're the best. You guys. Thanks, Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.